Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. You're listening to episode 39 of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hello, hello, and welcome back to a brand new season of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I know it has only been a little over a week, but it was a much needed break in my world. I just had so many incredible guests I wanted to sneak in before season's end, and I am so excited to dig into all that I have for you in season two. So you might notice a couple small changes with season two, a new graphic, a slightly new format with guests, new intro, and new material. If you listened to my last episode of season one, the intuitive eating Q&A and what's in store for season two, you know that last season we focused a ton on intuitive eating, the basics, where to start in ditching diets and tuning into your body, as well as a lot of mindset and self-care. This season, we'll be digging deeper into the practical, healthy living and nutrition without restriction side of things to give you even more tangible tools for finding your beautiful balance when it comes to living a healthy, happy, whole life. We will still be talking a ton about intuitive eating, but we'll also dig deeper into topics such as meal planning and meal prep, body image, kids' nutrition, food values, and so much more. Today, because we are mostly all mamas around here, it is back to school time. And so I thought I would kick off the second season with a special three-episode release week all about my very best tips for a healthy, balanced back-to-school. This applies whether your kids are in preschool or high school, and I believe you'll also find them helpful even if your kids are out of the house. So the first topic I want to dig into today is the discussion about transitions. Now, I only have a kindergartner and a toddler, but we have certainly gone through a number of major transitions in our lives. 
from the rocky transition from high school to college, college to culinary school, culinary school to the real world, starting my own business, having a baby, moving to another country, starting another business, having another baby, adding a certification program on top of it, oh, and moving twice since we got to the U.S., I have learned a thing or two about transitions. So today I wanted to share some of my tips for navigating smooth transitions and maintaining mental and physical health, as well as staying in tune with your intuition. My first tip is to start early. Start the transition as early as you can. For instance, with back to school, start the transition a couple weeks ahead of when school would start. Obviously, you're not going to start sending your kids off to school, you know, two weeks before school starts, but you can start to create the routines and the rhythms that are your family is going to utilize throughout the school year ahead of time so that your family is much more primed to start the year off well. I recommend writing out a list of all of the transitions that are coming up, whether your work schedule is changing with the kids going off to school, the kids going off to school, starting preschool, starting different activities or sports. Write out a list of all of the transitions that are coming up, anything that is different than your schedule or routine right now. What this does is it allows you to start early and to create a strategy for putting the things necessary in place before you start these transitions. So rather than being reactive to the transitions that are happening and stressed out, you can be proactive and plan ahead. I am all about the earlier, the better. My husband is the opposite and he just kind of goes with the flow, which makes our dynamic, well, interesting, (laughs) but he has come to accept that I'm a little crazy in this area. But I think that we have also come to the place where both of us understand that when we do plan ahead and when we set in place these rhythms and routines ahead of time, it really does make life that much more smooth. For example, I want you to examine what you need to do to prepare to make each one of those transitions happen. So you made a list of all of the transitions that are coming up. So what do you need to do to prepare for each one of those? Does your morning rhythm have to change a little bit in order to get to school on time? If you guys are sleeping in until 10 a.m. and the school bus comes at 7.45, something's got to change. And it is going to be rough if you guys just try and wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning come September 4th, that's when our school starts, rather than doing it on August 26th. So preparing ahead to for each one of these transitions. The same thing with simple things like getting school supplies. If you are running out the day before school starts to go ahead and grab all of the supplies that all of your kids need, chances are a lot of the stores are going to be sold out of those things because other people planned ahead and it is going to be much more stressful. So trying to set aside a couple hours on a Saturday with or without your kiddos to get all those supplies together, get their backpacks set so that a couple weeks later on the first day of school, you can just focus on getting your kids ready, helping them pick out their outfits, brushing their hair and teeth, giving them a nice breakfast and enjoying that transition into a new year rather than it feeling frantic and crazy the couple days before it starts. It's never going to be easy, but you can make it more smooth. 
The key here is to work backwards and create a timeline so you're less overwhelmed. So you're writing down those transitions that are coming up, and I recommend writing what date each of them is going to start on. Because I know for us, different activities start on different days, even though school starts on September 4th. Um, My little one actually starts before that with her little preschool program. And then we also have things like dance. Um, Karate is consistent, so that's not changing. And then we also have a couple other activities that are starting in the weeks following school. So figuring out what you need for each one of those transitions when they start and then working backwards and prioritizing. Okay, this thing is happening first, so I need to make sure I have uniforms, supplies, equipment, um, and a routine set up so it is much more smooth when it does come to pass, rather than stressing out about this new thing that is all of a sudden popping up, even though you knew about it months ahead. If you know about it months ahead, then you can plan ahead. Now, I understand that this episode is coming out at the beginning of September. So if you have already jumped into the transition of school and work and sports and all that jazz, that's okay. You have the opportunity to reevaluate your schedule every week and improve upon the weekly transition from weekend to work slash school week. So each and every week on a Sunday, you can do the same thing. You can figure out what you need to prepare ahead for a smoother week. This is something that you can continually practice, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later when I talk about rhythms. But the second thing I want to encourage you with is giving yourself grace, all of the grace. Okay, mama, things are not going to happen perfectly during this time. Like I keep saying, transitions aren't easy, but you can make them more smooth. Your nutrition is not going to be perfect, though arguably it never should be perfect, but you will likely not be making the best choices that serve you and your family the best during this time. It's okay. It is all about the transition. Once you settle into more of a routine, it will become easier and you can still practice serving yourself and serving your body. We'll talk more about that in a little bit during this time, even though it's a little bit crazier. You might be eating more pizza. You might not be eating the ideal thing that feels the best for you during lunchtime. That's okay. You do what you can and you don't stress out because stress isn't good for us either. Same thing with self-care. Self-care might be a bit off, and though we'll talk about the importance of not giving it up, know that it's okay if it's a little off during this time. You are setting yourself up for better months and a year to come. So sometimes these transitions are important to set yourself up for a healthier, happier future. Number three, this is where the rubber hits the road. When you are preparing ahead and planning ahead for transitions, develop rhythms. I prefer the word rhythm to routine because routine implies rigidity and living a balanced life as a mom seems impossible with rigidity. We need flow in one way or another or we feel trapped and overwhelmed and many of us already feel a little overwhelmed by all of the things on our schedule. So developing the concept of rhythms over rigid routines can help us to create practices that serve our family on a daily basis without it feeling overwhelming. So a few rhythms that we have implemented in our family and we are going to adjust for this new transition to this new school year um, that we find really helpful are, number one, a morning rhythm. So doing the same things 
at pretty much the same time every morning helps us create a rhythm that is smooth and way less stressful and overwhelming in the morning. I have noticed a difference from the school year when things were a little bit more scheduled, when we had places to go every single day, to the summertime where things are a little bit more haphazard. My husband and I are snapping at each other more because we're not on the same page when it comes to what needs to happen in the morning. Um, part of it is communication. You know, I also need to communicate that, okay, today we have this plan at 8.30 in the morning, even though every other Tuesday we do nothing until noon, right? So some of it is communication with whoever else is living in your house and can understand routines and rhythms. But having the same rhythm each and every day in the morning so the kids wake up and they get changed first thing and then they sit down to breakfast and then they make sure that, or at least, you know, my kiddo who's old enough to do this, make sure that everything is packed in her backpack, she brushes her teeth, and then she has a little bit of time to play or even watch some TV. We try not to do this before like school time, but she has a little bit of time to rest before we get going and then mom and dad have some time to get ready as well. My husband and I have an agreement in the morning that from a certain time to a certain time, and this changes depending on when I wake up, I have time to do a little bit of work in the morning to check in with my clients, to do some writing, and then to get my workout done. And then I transition to helping with breakfast if he needs me to help with breakfast. Sometimes he does it himself or um, with things like packing lunch boxes because that is not his forte. So we have this rhythm that we have established and we are going to establish another rhythm because times are changing a little bit when it comes to my um, daughter going into kindergarten so that our mornings are smooth, so that the same things happen around the same time every morning. So as a whole, we're leaving the house feeling good and feeling balanced. The kids aren't stressed going to our first activity. My husband isn't stressed going to work and I'm not feeling like I have to shuffle everything together before I can start meeting with clients, recording podcasts, or um, working on any of the other important parts of my business. So morning rhythm is huge. The second thing would be an evening rhythm, and this is similar to a morning rhythm. And this is also important, especially during the school year, because kids need sleep. They need sleep in order to have the energy to be the happy, balanced kids that we want them to be. So making sure that they get bed and uh, get to bed in a decent amount of time, um, but they are also fed and bathed and all of those things that need to happen too. So developing an evening rhythm so that dinner is happening around the same time every night. This changes depending on activities. Um, and when I talk more about meal plans, I will talk about how we still make this smooth even if our schedule is different, but having dinner and then washing up, either taking a bath or a shower, um, getting teeth brushed, and then we usually have some sort of books and prayer time before we go to bed. So it's not huge. It's not crazy. It doesn't take hours. My evening routine tends to take even longer than the kiddos do, and I guess that makes sense that it does, but it's just doing those same things every day having that rhythm that the kids know and that the kids are ready and prepared for so there's less of an argument when it comes to it's time to go to bed it's like well we had dinner and then we bathed and then we brushed our teeth and then we had story time and now it is the obvious transition to bed rhythms can really help with this and the last rhythm that works really really well for us is sunday setup So there's a couple things that I do every single Sunday to set us up for a healthier week. Typically, I like to meal plan on either a Friday or a Saturday. Um, So then during the weekend, I can go to the farmer's market. I can do any of the grocery shopping that I need to do. Um, 
for the week so that on Sunday I can prep ahead. And I've talked about meal prep before and I will talk about meal prep even more because I am so passionate about finding a meal prep routine that works for you to simplify eating in a way that feels good to you. And so for me, this looks like making one or two bulk items that we can eat for dinner and leftovers depending on how crazy life is, but the rest of it is just prepping ingredients so that I can throw together quick breakfasts, quick lunches, quick dinners so that we eat in a way that makes us feel good but we're not stressing out about it. It's not, you know, killing our budget because we're getting takeout three times a week and we're not feeling icky because we're eating a lot of, you know, fast type food. Um, So having that routine in place and doing some meal prep in the afternoon, which I do not do a ton of in the summertime because our schedule is just so wacky that we tend to go with the flow a little bit more and do a lot simpler meals. Um, Our meals are always simple we really don't eat elaborate meals unless we have friends coming over. Um, And even then I keep it pretty simple. But having that routine of meal prep set up and then also having a meeting with my husband at the beginning of the week and going over our schedules, which again is something that we have not been good at communicating about during the summertime, which is why this transition is so necessary as the school year comes. Um, So just having that time with him to talk about what's on the schedule for the week, where I'm bringing the kids, where he's bringing the kids, if he has any work things where he has to go to work early or come home late. And then we do a little mini budget check-in too if there's any big expenses coming out um, or, you know, any bonuses or things like that, um, purchases we need to make. And we just kind of chat about that too. So those things really just set us up for a more balanced week. So developing those rhythms, starting them ahead of time so that it's not like we're jumping into too many things at once when the school year begins. And I'm just using the school year as an example, but this applies for any transitions. Starting ahead, developing new rhythms when you're making new transitions in your life and then going from there. Number four, And this is something that's kind of come up a few times as I've been talking, but that's to determine your tension times. So which times throughout the day or the week create the most tension in your home? When do you typically feel the most stress? How can you create a rhythm to create more harmony in this area? This is what balance is all about. It's not about everything in your life being equal. It's about everything in your life working in harmony. Some areas that moms I work with find stressful are packing lunches, so um, creating a plan at the beginning of the week for what lunches you're going to create, and this doesn't have to be crazy. I'll talk more about this in another episode. Um, So adding some prep into your meal prep time so things are ready to go, even something simple as slicing vegetables so you don't have to do that in the morning of, or packing these meals at night are all simple ways to create this, to take the stress out of packing lunches. Um, And like I said, we'll talk more about this later this week, but that's something that a lot of moms find really stressful. And, you know, rather than sending your kids for hot lunch every single day, if you want to pack them lunch at home and you want to make sure that they're, you know, they're having a balance and and they're eating foods that that feel good for them um, and that they actually enjoy, then packing lunches can be a great tool. But obviously, if it's stressing us out, it's not good for anyone. Same thing goes for homework. Um, And I'm not experienced with homework with my kids. I'm experienced with myself (laughs) uh, because I only have a kindergartner. But if you feel like there are papers everywhere, which I will be honest, I feel after homeschooling pre-K for a year and it was only pre-K, how can you create a system for homework, um, either homework time or also putting papers away to create less overwhelm? I know that these things can take time, but that is why we plan ahead when we can 
And realize that taking the time now is worth it because it means we'll be less stressed later on. And the same thing goes for our nutrition. I know that this is a theme that I've been talking about over and over again, but this is really what I want to drill home with you. Navigating transitions is all about creating simple plans to create a more balanced life. So the same thing goes for your eating. My best tip for maintaining nutrition throughout transitions, number five, is to prep ahead. So looking at your week, looking at the craziest days during your week where you are going to be at, um, at activities late or you know something is happening in the evening. Um, so I recommend looking week to week and seeing what's going on in the week and planning ahead so that you can prep a couple things so that you're still eating nourishing foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner most days. <laughs> um, and you can still feel good and your family is still eating those nourishing foods, but you're not crazy stressed out about it and the kids aren't staying up until 11 o'clock at night because you decided to you know, cook a whole chicken at 8 p.m., okay? So what can you do? What simple things can you do to prep ahead I recommend on a Saturday or a Sunday just prepping a few things ahead. You can just start with prepping one thing and then the next week prep two and the next week prep three and find your rhythm for what items are most necessary in your family. If lunch is hardest for you, then prep ahead for lunches. If breakfast is hardest, prep ahead for breakfast. If there's two dinners during the week that you can't seem to make happen, sure, make one of them takeout if that works for your budget. But if it doesn't or if you want to make a shift Or for the other meal as well, how can you prep ahead? Can you chop vegetables ahead of time? Can you pre-cook a protein? Can you even batch cook a soup or a stew or prepare foods to put in the slow cooker so that dinner is ready and on the table? Because when it comes to our nutrition, it's all about the long game. It's all about consistency and what we do in the long term. There is nothing wrong with, you know, grabbing a pizza when life is crazy. But if life is crazy three times a week, well, that's when we come into a place where we're probably not serving our bodies anymore. So how can you prepare to serve your body well throughout the week? And so you and your kids feel good and are nourished and satisfied. And I do recommend meal prep because it can create flexibility when it comes to your meals. If you're prepping ingredients especially and on Monday night you're like, I really don't feel like casserole, I really want tacos, well then make tacos on Monday and have casserole Tuesday. You can use that meal prep to shift around the meals during that week. You pick them out ahead of time and you don't even have to pick out, you know, seven meals. I don't actually recommend picking out seven meals because inevitably there's going to be a day you're either going to want leftovers or takeout. But choosing four to five meals and that you can mix and match throughout the week. And I talk a ton about meal prep in my Healthy Mama meal prep program and in the Super Mama Society because I think it is so key to nourishing yourself and your family and really simplifying your nutrition. So that's my little spiel on meal prep. We'll talk more about that later. I am absolutely sure. Number six, let's talk about overwhelm making it feel hard to tune in to your body. It's still important to tune into your body even during transitions. I know I said before that it is not going to be perfect and this is true. It is not going to be a perfect time. Transitions are crazy and it can feel a little bit wacky. But there are a few things that you can practice throughout transitions to make sure you are still tuning into your body 
on a regular basis. And the more you practice the principles of intuitive eating and intuitive living, the more this will become second nature and it's not going to feel overwhelming during the transition times. But if you are still in the process of working on intuitive eating, which I mean, really, we're all in the process of working on intuitive eating. There is no end goal to intuitive eating. It's all about learning how to tune into our bodies more and more. So here's what I recommend practicing even during crazy times and times of transition. Number one, set aside times throughout the day to eat. I know this seems so simple, but if you're not setting aside time for your meals, then and you're going about your day crazy and not even realizing that you're hungry because you're thinking about all of the other things and then all of a sudden you end up ravenous at 2 p.m. and eating everything in the house that's not serving your body very well. Or if you're completely ignoring your hunger and not eating at all all day long and then you come to dinner time just feeling icky and weak and tired, that's also not serving your body well. Um, Or if you're just eating haphazardly throughout the day because you're hungry but you're never sitting down for a full meal, that's also not serving your body well. So setting aside regular times to eat. And obviously, I want you to be tuning in to your hunger and fullness if you can during this time. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not during crazier times and times of transition. But setting aside those times, even just going, all right, I'm going to have breakfast with the kids in the morning. I'm going to have lunch noon to 1 p.m. Give yourself, you know, a good hour or 1 to 2 p.m. Give yourself that time and go, all right, whatever I'm doing, as long as it is possible, you're not in a meeting or something, I'm going to set aside time to eat. And then you can take a couple minutes Take a deep breath and tune into your body and ask what your body wants, how much sounds good. And I know if you're, you know, working at a job where you have to pack a meal, you've probably already decided what you're going to eat for that day. And that's okay. Just because you're eating intuitively doesn't mean your meals are going to be perfect and like 100% satisfying every single time. But that is part of the practice of of tuning in on a regular basis. So you know, you have a general idea of of what's going to make you feel good. And then you can tweak it from there and go, all right, I'm just a little hungry right now. It's been a crazy day, but I had a big breakfast and I just kind of want a snacky lunch. That's okay. But you're setting aside time to eat. You're refueling your body. You're giving your body the energy it needs. And this also goes along with my second point, and that is to practice self-care nutrition. This is where meal prep can come in really handy, preparing ahead, making sure you have lunch and snacks ahead of time when you are in times of transition or times of stress and you are not noticing your hunger and fullness cues it's still important to eat just because you're not noticing them doesn't mean you should go two weeks without eating all day long this is not good for your body it's not good for your metabolism it's not good for your energy it's not good for your brain you need to eat you need to fuel your body throughout the day You don't need to be overeating or eating haphazardly, but setting aside that time to eat and practicing nutrition for self-care. What can you eat during these times, even if you're not really feeling like eating? Would something like a light smoothie or a salad with a light protein, uh, maybe some beans or some chicken or just a little bit of cheese, maybe just, um, you know, an apple with almond butter. What can you eat throughout the day? Small meals can be really good throughout the day. Um, If you're not really feeling any, you know, big hunger and you're just feeling little kind of snacky um, throughout the day, but being intentional about it rather than just eating haphazardly. There's a difference between intentionally eating small meals throughout the day because you know your body needs fuel, but you're not really feeling hungry and eating just whatever you see whenever you see it, the seafood diet. (laughs) It's the only time I'm going to talk about diets on here. (laughs) So practicing self-care nutrition, just taking care of yourself by 
fueling your body on a regular basis and making sure that you are giving your body the energy it needs. Point three would be to keep food that feels good on hand to avoid hangry moments. So that, you know, coming to two o'clock and feeling ravenous and eating all of the things. How can you keep food on hand in your purse, having a little cooler bag? Um, My friend sells 31 bags and they have this really cool little, this is not sponsored, this is my friend, um, but I should put her link in the show notes. It's this cool little, um, it's a little like insulated bag and it like fits in my purse. It's not like a lunchbox, I have one of those too, but it's a little insulated bag and I just put a little ice pack in there and I put snacks for myself and the kids. So if you want to bring along a snack that would probably need to be refrigerated, like, you know, hard cooked eggs or um, like string cheese or and yogurt tubes, I tend to bring those um, around for my kids things like that, or even like a little Greek yogurt for yourself, that can be, that can be really helpful. But just having foods on hand that you can eat maybe in your car or um, at a picnic table. We love having little picnics when um, our days are crazy. And I know that, you know, I'm a a part-time stay-at-home mom, so you're not, if you're working at a a corporate job, you're not going to be going and finding a picnic table unless you have one outside of your building. But making sure that the key here is just to keep food that feels good on hand to avoid hangry moments when you're running errands or you're going from meeting to meeting um, or that, you know, you're in the pickup line and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm really hungry. I'll just wait till I get home. No, (laughs) I want you to serve your body well by honoring your hunger, because if you honor your hunger now, you will better be able to make choices that serve you at the next meal. The longer you put off your hunger, the more likely you are to make choices that don't feel good at the next meal. So the last point with this, um, with tuning into your body when overwhelm makes it feel hard, is to take the stress out of dinner and have options to honor your hunger and satisfaction. I just talked about this when I was talking about prepping ahead, but keeping um, really keeping your meal plan open and having a list of meals that you're going to make that week, making sure you've grocery shopped and prepped if you um, have decided that these are meals that need to be prepped ahead. Um, but really the key here is having those options so that you have the things on hand to honor your hunger, but you can also make the choices like I was talking about in meal prep to honor your satisfaction. So you're feeling satisfied throughout the day, throughout the week. So you're not feeling like you're going through the whole week completely haphazard, just eating when you can or not eating at all. And then when you come to a meal, you're not even satisfied because it wasn't what you really wanted. Having a few options So that you can choose what will satisfy you that night and your family. Obviously, you want your family to like it as well. But having those options so you can be honoring your hunger and your satisfaction. So obviously, this is not covering all of the principles of intuitive eating. But these are just a few tips to tune into your body on a regular basis, even when you feel overwhelmed, when the transition seems crazy, um, and just when life is crazy in general. And we will talk more about meal planning in the next episode of the series. Hey mama friend, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you what I think is a really important question. What does living your healthiest, happiest mama life look like? What does it look like for you to show up as the best version of yourself for your family? What does that woman look like? How does she live? How does she feel? If you are in a space where you desire to live your healthiest, happiest mama life, and if you're here, that's probably you, I want to help you reach your goals and live your healthiest, happiest mama life, whatever that looks like for you. 
Whether you need advice on simply starting to eat more real food and tune better into your body and find what feels good to you, honor your hunger and fullness, eat healthy but be satisfied by the foods that you eat and eat foods that you actually like, serve yourself and your family healthy foods, Go for an ice cream cone without guilt or shame. Mama, I want to help you reach your goals and beyond. I want to help you show up as the best version of yourself for your family because your family deserves the very best version of you. And so do you, Mama. And that is why I created the Super Mama Society. The Super Mama Society is a monthly membership program, but we only open registration three times a year because I want to create a community with the moms in the membership so we can support and encourage each other on whatever our goals are in living our healthiest mama life. Whether you are someone who is new to the world of healthy eating or you are ready to ditch the diet dogma, tune better into your intuition and simplify your nutrition, the Super Mama Society is for you. With monthly videos from me coaching you on topics that moms are looking for, like learning how to cope with their emotions without using food, honor hunger and fullness, eat the foods they like without guilt or shame, and serve their families healthy, nourishing foods so they can feel their best, be energized, and show up for their life. It also includes podcast-style audios just like this that you can take on the go with you, exclusive to Super Mama Society members. Access to my Intuitive Mama 5-day audio program introducing you to the principles of intuitive eating so you can learn to tune into your body as a mom, as well as access to my entire ebook and printable library with things like meal planning and meal prep printables, simplified guides to living your healthiest life beyond dieting. Mama, it is time for you to show up as the absolute best version of you for your family, whatever that looks like, whatever your goals are, the Super Mama Society is here for you. And we are only open now through September 15th. So head to supermamasociety.com to choose the option that's best for your family. You can join monthly, quarterly, or yearly with special bonuses, including my Healthy Mama Meal Prep Program, which is an $89 program that you get included with your yearly membership. Just another way that you can simplify nutrition and feed your family nourishing foods without the stress. So head to Super mamasociety.com choose your option and join us so you can live your healthiest happiest mama life tip number seven for navigating smoother transitions is to create space this means space for you white space in your schedule space for your kids space for your family and space for your relationships or relationship So during times of transition, when you are transitioning into a new schedule, into a new routine, into new rhythms, it can feel like there's no extra time, like there is no extra space. But this is on you, mama. You create the space in your schedule. There is always enough time to get the important things done. It's about prioritizing the important things. And space is important. Space is important for our mental health and for our physical health. We know that self-care is important. And like I said before, self-care might not look ideal during this time, but it is still essential. So where within a week, 
And really within the day, it would be great if you took even just 10 to 15 minutes to yourself. For me, this is first thing in the morning. I have coffee and Bible time. I do not miss it. This is my self-care time. First thing in the morning, it starts my week off, my day off right. But aside from daily, when can you create space a half an hour or an hour each week just for you? To go on a walk with no expectations, not for fitness or even movement, um, just a walk to clear your head, listen to a podcast, calming music, something that is just for you. Can you go and, and get a manicure if that's within your budget? Can you go and get a massage? Can you go to a coffee shop and read a really good book that doesn't really make you think other than, you know, diving into the story? Can you make some space for you so that during this time of transition, You are stepping away from the overwhelm, stepping away from the plans and the rhythms and the routines and just spending some time taking care of you. Can you also create white space in your schedule? Having a few times throughout the week where there is nothing going on is important because inevitably there will be things that pop up. It can be something fun like having coffee with a friend or something like laundry that you realized, oh my goodness, I literally do not have a minute this week to get the laundry done. My children are going to be wearing dirty clothes by next Tuesday. Creating white space in your schedule to get the things done that need to be done or that pop up and you didn't schedule them ahead of time or you didn't plan them ahead of time is really important. This takes away from the stress and the overwhelm of a busy transition knowing that I've got this block of time. And I can fill it with whatever I need to. It might be laundry. It might be coffee with a friend. And it might be that time to go on the walk. I want you to schedule that anyway. But if you can get some extra time, there is nothing wrong with that. So creating number one space for you. Number two, white space in your schedule. And then creating space for your kids and your family as well. Your kids also need white space, especially when, you know, it doesn't even matter how old your kids are. Transitioning from summertime to school time can be really hard, especially with the transition to activities coming into play as well. So having some space for your kids to have time to rest and relax outside of school and activities and homework is really important too. So making sure that you have that time set aside for them too and you can teach them the value of rest and self-care. They are going to learn it from you. If you are not taking the space for you, if you are not putting, um, allowing for white space in your schedule and you're not giving them the time to rest and relax, then they are going to grow up stressed and overwhelmed like you might have felt in the past. And I am preaching to myself here, mamas. This is something that I have really, really learned, especially in the last year as my business has grown and my husband's career has grown and my kids have gotten older and we've increased our activities. Space is so important, not just for us, but for our kids. And also taking um, space for family time. So for us, this doesn't look like a full day because that's not just not really what our schedule often allows. But we are Christians and we follow the idea of the Sabbath. And whether or not you have the same belief system as I do, I think the concept of a Sabbath day, a day of rest, is so incredibly important. So for us, this looks like about noon on Saturday to noon on Sunday because I do meal prep in the afternoons on Sundays and this is you know I would consider it work 
it's definitely, I mean, sometimes I am working during it. I'm, you know, recording Instagram um, stories for my followers or I'm taking pictures. I'm creating recipes sometimes. So sometimes it is like actual work during that time, but it's definitely not relaxation time. I love listening to a podcast and putting headphones on um, or or listening to music. Sometimes I'll grab a kombucha. Sometimes if it's later, I'll even grab a glass of wine. So I make it a time of self-care, but I still sort of consider it work, if that makes sense. So from noon on Saturday to noon on Sunday, whenever we can, as long as my husband's not out sailing, unless he brings us with him, we have family time. So we just, we, I stop the work. I tend to um, have some time for working on early on a Saturday morning because my time is limited as a part-time stay-at-home mom. So I'll work on a Saturday morning and then um, the kids and my husband have some time to relax. Their time kind of starts then, right? So they have some time to relax in the morning and then we go into family time and we oftentimes, you know, have lunch out or we'll have lunch at home. Um, We will go out and do a family activity. Sometimes it just means laying by the pool in the afternoon. Whatever it is, we spend time together. We spend time as a family. We create that space to create a bond as a family because it's important that we take time to spend individually with each of our kids and I try to do that throughout the week but I have that luxury because I am at home a lot more with my kids than my husband is. My husband tends to do bedtime so he has a little bit of time with them and he also tries to spend some one-on-one time with them but it can be really easy to allow space for yourself, allow space for your kids, and even allow space for your relationship and not allow space for your family. So it's really important to create that space for family time. On the flip side, some people are really good at creating that family time and not as good as creating space for your relationships. So when I say relationships, I mean, you know, both your your marriage or your partnership um, and your friendships. So I will admit that I'm a lot better at making time for my friendships and being intentional with my friendships, um, at least, you know, things like going out on mom's nights and, um, and taking time to spend with my friends simply because I'm a part of a really awesome mom's group called Mops. Mops is an international organization, um, so look for one in your area. It's Mothers of Preschoolers is what it stands for. Um, And I've got an awesome group of core women, and we do mom's nights, um, and I am a a part of the coordinator team, and so we also have steering team meetings, and so I get to connect with my friends. Oh, we have playdates. I get to connect with my friends on a regular basis, but my husband has a job where he's gone a lot, and we don't have a ton of time to spend together. So I really have to make the space and take the time to spend intentional time with him. That doesn't just mean watching TV together, but going on date nights. My mother is wonderful and takes care of my kids often. So she often takes the kids overnight um, for a night. So my husband and I can go out and, you know, either go to dinner or go to a brewery or go rock climbing and, and then not have to worry about getting the kids to bed after, which is just so nice and relaxing. And then we can wake up and then go pick them up and then spend our family time together. So that's really important to us, but it also oftentimes costs money. Um, And since we do, you know, try to stick to our budget. We've got some big future plans that we are trying to save for. So making space for a relationship, even when it doesn't mean money, or even when it doesn't cost money. So oftentimes we'll have date nights at home. So on the opposite weeks that my, uh, my parents watch my kiddos, my dad's there too, but sometimes he's he's working. So not leaving you out, dad, if you ever happen to listen to this. <laughs> um, so on those nights, oftentimes we will make the kids Annie's macaroni and cheese. Oh my goodness, my kids eat Annie's macaroni and cheese. Yes, they do. <laughs> and they're totally fine. 
they love it. It is so exciting for them to see that blue box and for me for me to be like, it's mac and cheese night and we make mac and cheese and a vegetable and they help me make it and they think it's the coolest thing ever and we make it for them at like 6 p.m. and they're done by like 6.30. They're in bed by 7 and my husband and I have the whole night to ourselves. So we will either spend time talking. I've been really into the Enneagram lately, so oftentimes we'll like have random chats and meme sessions talking about the Enneagram or we will watch a movie um, or a TV show that we both enjoy. We'll just spend some time together. We'll either do um, an inexpensive takeout or I'll cook dinner at home. We'll have a glass of wine or a beer and we'll just chill out and it feels special. It feels like a date night even though we're not going anywhere and for a while I didn't feel like that was enough. I used to feel like we had to go somewhere and do something in order for it to be a date night. But now those oftentimes Friday nights are some of my favorite nights where we we get the time to spend together even in the craziness of life. So creating space is so important even during this time for transitions and it is all about creating that space and allowing for that space. So my last tip is um, really sort of an overarching tip for all of the things that I recommended. And that would be just to consider block scheduling. If you're feeling really overwhelmed with an abundant schedule, in this you can incorporate your rhythms and your white space. Um, So I'm not an expert on block scheduling. Um, There's a woman, she has a YouTube channel. I'm trying to remember her first name and I should have looked it up ahead of time. But it's fun, cheap, or free. And she's just hilarious in general, but she has awesome tips for living on a budget. But she talks about productivity and block scheduling. And basically what it is, is just dividing your time up into blocks of spaces and you do whatever you need to do during that block. And what I like to do is incorporate my rhythm. So it's like this is the block for my morning um, coffee and Bible time. This is my block for my morning work and exercise time. This is the block for our family morning rhythm. This is the time where my daughter is in school. This is the time after school. So I just block these things out and I block out that white space and I block out time for activities and I block out time for our marriage because transitions can be hard and scheduling can be hard as a mom even if you are not a mom but it is all about creating the time to take care of yourself by making space for self-care, moving your body, making space for meals that are nourishing to your family, making space for your kids' activities and homework, and simply to rest. So this can be a really, really helpful tool if your brain works like mine does. So it's something to look into. Just a suggestion. I'm not the expert in this area, but I will link um, the, the blog article on blog scheduling because I find it so incredibly helpful. So like I've said over and over again, transitions are never really easy and there's no avoiding them, but they can be so much more smooth than we think they're going to be. Pretending they're not going to happen and just letting it ride is setting yourself up for a disaster. But instead, I believe it's about setting ourselves up for the most smooth transition possible with just simple steps to create a more healthy, balanced life. I hope I touched on most of the areas that I think are really important in living a healthy, balanced mama life in this episode. If you have any more questions or you have questions for a future podcast, please go ahead and send me an email 
chris at healthymamachris.com. I want to hear from you. I love creating a conversation with this community. I'm so grateful for everyone who has continued to tune in all throughout season one and and as season two rolls in. I am appreciative of each and every one of you and welcome to any of my new listeners. I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope you found it beneficial. And please hop over on Instagram. I'm at Healthy Mama Chris and share with you any of these um, any of these tips that you have incorporated into your life and have found helpful. And if you have other tips that you think I should have included, please send them to me because I can always use them. I can learn from you and I will share them with my community as well. Thank you so much for tuning in, friends. I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.